That Force Radio. That Force Radio is rated M for mature. Or should that be immature? Hey guys, Dustin Wint. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Paul Dini. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. You're listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Tom King. I write Batman Bitch. And this is Bat Force Radio. Welcome to Bat Force Radio, a Batman slash DC podcast with no limits. We're in Commissioner Gordon's office right now, which we call the stack in Commissioner Gordon's office, where we bring you reviews of the latest Batman and DC comic book titles that come out on a weekly basis. So welcome to the stack in Commissioner Gordon's office with the Bat Force. I got a Bat Force Tom up in Southern California. Yo. Got Legends of Lego Batman also in California. What up, what up? And got Robin Cross up in Canada. A boot. We got a nice stack today. Um, we got a list to go through. But real quick, being that it's still the spooky month of October and how we like to get down with all the ghoulish things that go on, uh, DC Comics is releasing this week. October the 25th. October yep. 25th, DC is releasing an 80-something page book called DC House of Horror. It's comprised of eight stories as follows. Bump in the Night, a Superman story. Blackest Day, Justice League story. Man's World, a Wonder Woman story. Stray Arrow, a Green Arrow story. Crazy for You, a Harley Quinn story, Unmasked, which is a Two-Face story, Last Laugh, which is a Batman story, and The Possession of Billy Batson, which is a Shazam story. Uh, just to give you a little taste, a little, couple little animal fries before you bite into that main burger of the book. I just read um, Crazy for You. Let's give you a little taste. It's drawn by Kyle Baker, and it's drawn in that old-school, eerie... Like the, it's, it's like the... the... Old pulp, pulp horror style. It's like old school Bernie Wrightson uh, looking yeah. at it. Like Bernie Wrightson, horror, pulp, eerie, creepy, Tales from the Cryptish kind of style of horror. And it's really effective the way they did it. So uh, just to give you the gist of this story, it's like a construction slash demolition work, I believe. That's working in Arkham Asylum before they're tearing part of it down or the whole thing down. And you see visions of a classic jester Harley Quinn mainly in the shower area, but then comes to him and pretty much haunts him in this seductive way. And it's just messing with him at the same time, where to the point where he kills, I believe, his partner, Linda. And uh, it's really good and kind of creepy, so definitely check that one out. I believe it was either The Last Laugh or Blackest Day where uh, you see Constantine get shot in the head on screen via the watchtower. And what appears to be this monstrous zombie-like Batman going after Green Lantern, uh, pretty creepy. And there's also another Batman story with the Joker where it appears it's either Batman or the Joker in a cow in the alleyway, like pretty much killing a woman with a crowbar. That's the that's the image of it. I don't want, I'm just giving you little teasers just to get, you know, I would definitely highly recommend DC House of Horror that's coming out on uh, the 25th of October to definitely celebrate the, the month of Halloween. It's, uh, and I hope they keep doing this too. I love Halloween specials in any way, form, or fashion. And I love when DC does. That's why I'm such a big fan of the Jeff Loeb stuff with Tim Sale. And I just wish they would bring back those Batman Halloween specials as well. But uh, I'll take any Halloween special I can get when it comes to, especially when it comes to DC Comics. So definitely grab that. Definitely add that to your stack. I got it right here in Commissioner Gordon's office. Uh, 
But Tom, we got a list? Yeah, we have got quite the week this week. Um, just like last week, I mean, so many books to kind of sift through, but they're all really, really heavy hitters. Um, after the House of Horror, I would say the big one would be Merciless, the uh, one-shot for Dark Knight's Metal. And uh, that bad boy, who was uh, drawn and written it by? Uh, Peter Tomasi and Francis Manipal. So that's a that's a one-two combo right there with art and writing. Um, let's just and then dive that's right into it. cover as well. Yeah. So um, just real quick for those of you guys who have, I mean, you're living under a rock, obviously, if you have not jumped onto the Dark Knight's metal train. Essentially, uh, the dark multiverse is invading uh, Earth Zero. And um, at this point in the story, Batman, who's been trying to kind of prevent this from happening, realizes that um, he's essentially the key to the portal to open the dark multiverse. And unfortunately, um, you know, he becomes that key and he opens it. And then the Dark Knights of the uh, dark multiverse start invading. So there's been one shots for every Dark Knight. And this one now is the Wonder Woman version um, of that multi of the dark multiverse now coming to invade our earth and um it's kind of cool the way they kind of go back and forth right with the flashback story and then present day kind of talking about what's been going on and uh legends you like this one a lot huh yeah i have to say i'm a sucker for a tragic love story and this uh fits the bill i'm, I'm sure our friends over at the cat forest aren't gonna like this one too much but uh wonder I was just gonna say the shout out to susan eisenberger because this wonder bat's gonna uh blow her socks off (laughs) (laughs) this is definitely a wonder bat story for sure which is cool to see um which they're gonna get mad about because have we really seen kind of uh a dark knight's uh bat cat story not really huh no and uh it doesn't really look like uh, we would get one of those as all of these versions of batman kind of reflect members of the justice league exactly yeah so um essentially what basically happens in the story um there's a great war that happens with uh, it doesn't really it's a, the Justice League, isn't it? And and Ares. Yeah, and um, uh, it was supposed to be the final war. Yeah, Ares forges a new helmet um, that he puts on that's supposed to you know give him crazy powers and abilities, and um, they end up fighting him and, and they they win, but it costs uh, spoilers. Wonder Woman loses her life in the battle. And it's kind of jumping back and forth between Bruce Wayne of that multiverse and um, explaining how he came to be the Merciless, Batman the Merciless. Uh, long story short, he puts that helmet on and it becomes basically kind of like another Bat God, right? <clears throat> and he basically uh, becomes corrupted by the helmet because the way he sees it is, you know, he's Batman, so he's going to be just and he's going to be um, mercy and he's going to be. Um, somebody who can kind of balance out war and make it fair. Uh, but just like it probably did at Ares, he puts it on and it's just way too much power for him. And, and he, he basically becomes consumed by it. Um, and flashing. Ares doesn't fare too well when he, uh, when Bruce puts that helmet on. So brutal. So br- that's what I love about these stories is like, they've been going for it, man. So he, yeah, they have the ability because it's elseworldsy. They have the ability to do whatever they want. And yeah, really taking advantage of it. This is definitely like um, we haven't been doing it, but if I were to have to put like a band or a genre, it would be like a war metal, like uh, probably whew, man. Also gone. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Oh, man, it's been such good. It's just crazy. Like just just the, the 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 images and the themes, 
Batman being like the God of War, basically. Um, just like nutty, man. It's just been it's been great. And um, I think we we didn't say it, but he cuts Ares' head off, right? And then just holds it there. <laughs> yeah, super brutal. And then, of course, like you kind of see like where the Batman who laughs, which is interesting. You know, we said it last time with uh, Batman the Drowned, but he really kind of tailors trying to bring that multi multiverses Batman over by um, kind of basically, you know, touching on playing on on whatever's going on in that Batman's world where um, he's saying, like, you know, you failed this war. You you kind of you're you're at the end of your rope in this world, but there's a whole new, there's a whole nother world that you can go and conquer and show them, you know, that you were right basically. And, and so, uh, that, um, his, his appearance has a, a cool little Easter egg where he has the Robins with him. Yeah. He's got the two yeah. Robins and it's yeah. a big, big nod to, um, Grant Morrison for sure. Um, one of the Robins is holding what looks like multiversity. And, and the Grant- uh, he has, um, how to destroy the universe. Yeah, so two big Grant Morrison nods. Uh, it's been speculated a little bit to like you know who the Robins are and and who uh, the Batman who laughs is, but in this one, just like the other one shots, um, Batman the Merciless explains. And then I heard his voice. It was just like mine, except it what it like, chilled me to the core or something like that. Um, so I think people are saying like, oh, who's who's the Batman who laughs? Who's the Batman who laughs? And it's I mean it says the Batman who laughs. So the whole thing about uh, Bruce Wayne being the key is that Bruce Wayne from from Earth Zero is the key for all these other Dark Knights because all of them are Bruce Wayne also. So he has to be used as the key to open the portal. Um, So it probably could be argued that the Batman who laughs is also Batman, uh, the Bruce Wayne of wherever he's from. They haven't exactly explained like how he came to be. Um, And we won't find out for a while, right? Probably a couple months. Whenever that yeah, one shot like comes it. out, which is kind of a bummer, but um, I mean, we're going to get a lot of stuff in between. They're already like throwing out little little nods as to what we're going to get in between that. But um, yeah, man, long story short, um, Batman, the Merciless. What did you guys think about it? Amanda Waller's on a panel discussing what to do, and that's in uh, the current Earth, right? Our, our world, Earth, yeah. Earth yeah. Zero. Yeah. It's supposed to nuke a city to try to like yeah. stop this force. Well, what, ha- what happens is... is they're trying to stop the merciless um so you have argus and the other factions around earth zero they're all in like a war room um and uh uh uh, lane says that they have this missile basically which um superman can't even withstand Valhalla. Um, it's, yeah, it's codenamed Valhalla, and they're thinking about they want to drop it over uh, Gotham. Steve Trevor doesn't want to do it because it's going to kill millions. And then Amanda Waller comes in and says she's she agrees because we we kill millions, but we save billions. You know, it's good for the great well the greater good. We're trying to save billions over millions. But what they don't know is General Lane. He wants to drop the bomb where they're at. What they don't know is that the Merciless becomes more powerful from the bomb rather than destroy him. He gets only stronger. And then they cut back to when uh, the man who laughs first approached um, the Merciless as well. Basically tells him that uh, the war you're fighting, um, it's a never-ending war. You're not going to win it. If if you really want to want to um, try to win a war and uh, further your your own goals, then come with me pretty much and so the merciless agrees um and i think it's the the batman who laughs as he hands the merciless a picture of wonder woman yeah mm. 
And that's when he like agrees that he wants to follow him. The Merciless, he, he killed Diana for trying to reach for the Ares' helmet? Was that what happened originally? Well, well we, we find that out later uh, yeah. when he's recounting, you know, the, so they were fighting Ares and they defeated him, but, you know, he he believed that uh, that Ares had killed Wonder Woman in the fight. So that was why he took the helmet. He put the helmet on and killed Ares. Yeah. And then later on, he explains that you know he's it's it's sort of like he's speaking to Diana, you know, even though she's gone, you know, he's he's telling her, you know, how he felt, and that's uh, where it's revealed to us that he found out that Ares had just stunned her and not killed her, and she knew that the helmet was bad for him and he wasn't going to be able to to handle it, and she tried to take it from him. You guys ever see the Beastmaster? Long time ago. No. Old school. The um, the that badass warrior that he fights. The helmet he wore looks similar to the one the Merciless wears, where it looks like it has you know like the bat wings on top of the helmet on each side. Anybody else? When you see the um, oh man, was it this book where the dudes are jumping in and uh, attacking? Um, they look like uh, um, Halo soldiers. Probably not. <laughs> anyways you know what i didn't mention isn't there a panel where it's all the dark knights together and it looks exactly like a panel from metal number three and it's just like manipul did his version of that panel yes yes right oh yeah so uh, I, I think it's i think it's after the page where you see the robins eating the court of owl uh oh, that's oh so that sick. was crazy man <laughs> that's so awesome that was nuts so basically, the Court of Owls, who they, they they prepared Batman for, you know, becoming part of the the key in the Gateway, but they were just being used by uh, the Dark Multiverse Batman who laughs also. Yeah, which and is... uh, and the the Court has those uh, those priests that they're kind of serving. Yeah, and yeah, that I hope screwed. I hope Snyder brings Mister Bloom into this as well somehow. I think he mentioned in the past <laughs> that he was bringing him back, but like he has all these cool eerie characters he created, like throw Bloom in there too. You say this one's your favorite so far? So far, it's my fave. Yeah, okay, yeah it's pretty badass. Some flavor on it. I would say this has probably been maybe some of my favorite art. In one I of the might one have shots. might have to slab this issue, put it in a uh, dry box. <laughs> right at the end, we get that uh, after Bruce tells that story, uh, we get him. Uh, talking about how she said that he would never be able to take the helmet off and uh -huh. he takes it off. So we see that he is in control. You know, he, he, this Bruce is in control of his actions and he's still just murdering people. Yeah. But when and he takes looks... off the helmet, he's, you know, he has just shaggy gray hair, a big gray beard and he's missing an eye. Yeah. Uh, I think the eye is from when wonder woman tried to take the, uh, take the helmet from him. Mm. very sweet do you think that it's been like he's just he has this helmet now so he's been you know it may obviously gives him he's a god of war now basically right yeah. with that helmet yeah. do you think it's aged him or do you think he's just been the god of war for so long that's how he looks now uh does it allude in the issue i think it might have alluded to how long it had Absolutely. but yeah I, I i like that idea of it uh it's maybe just aged him yeah he does not look like a uh Farm fresh Batman or Bruce Wayne for sure, but he's a beast. Looks for like sure. the real Grandpa Bats. <laughs> yeah, man, they're they're tearing it tearing it up, knocking it out of the park with the Batman one shots. We were just talking about how 
the one shots are just as good as the main story, which just kind of shows like how much they're all kind of firing on all cylinders as far as like a team. Because at some point, you know, either Snyder sent them an email or they all sat down somewhere in a conference room and they talked it over. But they really like did a great job of making sure everything like flowed, you know. And I like the fact that each of the Dark Knights, um, the origins gets flushed out in its own one shot. So it's not bo- it's not like weighing down the main story too much, and uh, you know because the main story you could say has so much plot and so much um, going on in itself that maybe it'd be too much if they try to do that in the the main metal story. But um, these are just so sick, man. They're just like mini mini one shots uh, of like you said of like a, an Elseworlds tale. And typically, when there's an event book, I probably say this every week when we're talking about these metal one shots. Typically, when there's an event book going on and there are tie-in issues, they're almost like a throwaway story. You'll read it once and and then it, it's done. Right. They're much yeah. weaker issues. Are ridiculously good. Yeah, where it makes you like, man, like which one's my favorite? They're that good. They're like you. You have you have a tough time picking out which. Red Death is and, so sick. Murder Machine was and, super sick. And, and it's like rather than rather than writing stories that okay we have this event book going on and we can make some stories up off of it this is more like in this situation that they're able to tell these stories because of the event book you know it's like the other way around and these are actually stories we want to read i don't i don't feel like they're nickel and diamond me for four dollars for an extra tying issue yeah yeah and and each one gives you two things you know you get uh, the the backstory of that that universe is Batman, mm-hmm. and you get uh, a little further of the main story that's happening in metal. Yeah, it it made me go today. It made me go out and grab the the uh, Gotham Resistance issues because oh, yeah, I got to grab those too. As the Trunkler so eloquently put a couple weeks ago, you get a little bit of you get a little bit of background as far as what's happening to the. They mention it in this in this um issue. Um, like task force task force X has to go up and do something, but all their communicators went offline. So they're either, either dead or, you know, they've been taken somewhere else. Um, so teen Titans has one Nightwing has one, uh, green arrow had all these tie-ins and they give you a little background of what happens when these dark knights kind of come in to that world. Um, and what happens in Gotham versus, so it's just like, it's again, it's just flushing everything out. It's not tying issues that, like you said, I don't want to just, ugh, I don't want to read this. It's just tying into whatever. I went out and got them because I wasn't reading them, so it worked. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, metal is that good right now. So, man, we could spend a whole episode just talking about that, but we want to get to some of the other books. So, uh, Flash 33 is also tying into metal, right? Yep, Flash 33 is uh, the first issue, I think. It's of six parts uh, called Bats Out of Hell. Nice. So uh, this is written by Josh Williamson and so uh, the artist Howard Porter. So it's uh, the Flash team, you know, still uh, sticking with doing these stories. Also so wrote this picks Red up, Death. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this picks up where Metal Issue 3 left off, where all of the teams have, uh, have split up to go do their different things to try to, to fight this invasion. So um, Flash and Steel are at the Cosmic Tuning Tower. Uh, Superman and Flash uh, are, 
working together to to send Superman into the Phantom Zone so he can look for Batman. Wonder Woman and Doctor Fate are at the Rock of Eternity. Green Lantern and uh, Mister Terrific are are on their way to what they're calling the real Thanagar. And uh, who else was there? There was Aquaman, Aquaman and-, and Deathstroke are. Uh, going beneath atlantis uh i think they're on their way to where are they going to the earth's core or something like that but uh so we see everyone going on their way making their making their journeys to uh each of their own destinations but while it's happening uh the invasion is still going on and we see boom tubes open up on each of them and they all get attacked where they were so uh different members of uh of the dark knights so Wonder Woman gets attacked by the Merciless. Flash gets attacked by Red Death. Green Lantern gets attacked by uh, Dawnbreaker. And Aquaman is attacked by the Drown. Murder Machine goes after Steel, too. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And uh, which one of them was it? I think uh, Murder Machine, it was that said uh, he claims uh, he claims Steel. And whoever was with him says, that's okay, you can have my already killed one of him. Devastator. Yeah, that's it. Which which so, alludes to uh, which alludes to the Devastator um, issue next, in what, two weeks? Yeah, so yeah, this, where this one drops off, it's, uh, so yeah, so this is setting up uh, the battle that's beginning now, which is the Justice League versus the Dark Knights. Uh, so that's going to be in Justice League 32. The art in this is so good, by the way. Oh man! Yeah, it's really, really good, and the and the story's good too. Like I, I just went through it quickly, but uh, seeing everyone uh, getting attacked unexpectedly on their uh, on their paths, they all thought that they had uh, exactly what they were going to do. Okay, we're just going to go here. This is our job, and then uh, none of it none of it panned out very well for any of them. Yeah, I wonder how many, how much fun these artists are getting to have withdrawing the dark knights because they look so badass all the time and every time yeah they, they all get to touch on each of them and they all get to draw the batman who laughs so we get to see every artist's uh take on each of these characters i just don't want like them to introduce all these new characters and then they go away like for good doesn't seem like it the way they're do, the way do, they're saying it is them to keep them all around though well it's... maybe at least a couple of them like the merciless well, the thing about it is, is that they all come from the the, the dark multiverse. So you, basically what Snyder's doing is like, you know, you took Grant Morrison's map and you flipped it over and you have all this unexplored territory. And technically you can kind of jump back in and out of any timeline to go visit them, you know. So regardless of how like the story ends, obviously the Justice League's going to beat him. You know what I mean? Um, or so we think. Obviously that happens, but there's all there's this unexplored dark multiverse that's behind everything. Um, that if you wanted to, you could just dip back into, you know. So yeah, like go back through time because at at the present time where the story is taking place, all of their worlds are dying. Yeah, but yeah, you have the whole histories of that, like particularly the Dawnbreaker. That could be an ongoing series with. Uh, showing the years in between when he when Bruce gets the ring, and where that issue finishes, you know, in the current time. That, that sounds like the job for Jeff Johns to. Uh, Dude, I was just about to say, can you imagine <laughs> any of these being ongoings? They could do Jeff it. Jeff Johns and Ethan Van Skyver doing that. People would do oh, it. Th- metal is so good 
that Legends is getting pre-sad that it's not going to be around anymore. <laughs> I like, I like to think boy. ahead, boy. <laughs> he's already he's like, man, it's going to suck when this isn't around anymore. Like, <laughs> man, before we move on to, we got also got Detective and Nightwing to cover, but um, yeah, man, it's funny because uh, Scott was saying how hard um, him and Greg really fought for this whole storyline and uh, how um, they got a little pushback, but thank God DC uh, you know, opened the gates to him because... The, you know, what I was thinking about it today, we're covering it on, um, you know, the Instagram and we're putting it on Twitter. I do not remember a time when so much attention and so many people who are and aren't reading comics were so invested in, you know, an event. I can't remember it because everyone is loving metal. You know, like anytime we post art, people are always commenting regardless if they're reading. People are like, oh, what is this from? Where is this? Like, what's going on? You know? And even people who do read, they're like, this is, I've, I haven't read something this good in so long, blah, blah, blah. This is getting me back into comics, this and that. So it's like, it is just smacking it out of the park on all fronts, for sure. There's just like, it's basically what this means is like, don't ever question Scott Snyder, right? Yeah, that's, that's the, the cool thing about how successful this has been, because every issue has gone to second print. Uh, like all the, the three issues of metal that have come out so far have gone to second print. All of the one shots uh, for the the Dark Multiverse Batman have all sold out and are are going to be in second prints. So by the time this is done, in the future they're going to let Scott and Greg do whatever they want yeah. because they've proven how successful the craziest idea that they have can be. Metal is well, so good; it's selling out before it even gets to Legends of Lego Batman. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. We're not even members of the Bat Force aren't even getting copies of it because it's so widespread <laughs> a phenomenon. I had to get I had to get my drowned issue off the of Evil Bay. <laughs> oh, hey, you know I think the drowned is probably still one of my favorites. What's next one we got Detective. As if as if Batman wasn't awesome. As if Metal wasn't awesome. But also going on during all of it is Detective Comics, which is just since Rebirth has been one of the best books. In all of Rebirth. Probably my second favorite book. To Harley Quinn? <laughs> to Action Comics, boy. I'll tell you who's a bigger fan of, of Tim Drake than me. James Tynan. Oh, dude. <laughs> he lo- well, I was just reading a, an interview. Um, Tim Drake is his favorite character in all of comics. Is it really? That's can't, what he I said. Can't, I can't blame him, boy. That's what he said in the interview. And he's saying that um, when they sat him down, when Jeff Johns, because basically they gave him Detective, and then Jeff John sat him down and was like, all right, this is what we're going to do for the next couple of years as far as rebirth. And uh, <clears throat> Tynan basically said, OK, well, I want to do this with Tim Drake. And then, you know, Jeff John's like, all right, that's fine. Here's what you pepper in, but you do what you want. And so Tynan is basically he says that Tim Drake's going to have a huge role in the DCU going forward. And that um, this art that we're going to start talking about right now is just the beginning of it. So, so good. It's so good right now. Oh, man. So, yeah. So, Tynan is writing. He's been writing uh, since the beginning of Rebirth. Who's doing the art this issue? Uh, Eddie Barrows, I think. Well, who's been doing it, I think, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the regular. Yeah, and so, essentially, um, in the plot, the colony who was kind of introduced at the beginning of Rebirth is still very much in play. Um and it's kind of like uh, a military version of Batman. Basically, it's like uh, Batwoman's dad took the idea of Batman and made it into like 
you know, a military, right? And uh, Tim Drake, um, who everyone thought was dead, was actually just pulled aside and kind of put into like this parallel universe um, in uh, this prison that Jor-El was also in, as well as Doomsday um, and a future version of himself as Batman were in. Uh, right, 20 just, year, 20, two decades in the future. Yeah. So um, and, uh, actually, uh, before we go any further, I'll just correct uh, the artist on this issue is Alvaro Martinez. So what's cool about this is it t- picking up where it left off last time in the last issue. Um, Tim Drake was in the prison and he sees a, a future version of himself as Batman. And what's really cool is it kind of go down the line and show that uh, at one point each Robin became Batman before Tim Drake did. So it shows kind of what Damien was. And it just shows that he basically burned off into the ground trying to save it. Um, it showed Jason Todd as Batman, but then he just basically became a burnout junkie um, because of everything that happened to him. Shows a little bit of uh, Dick Grayson, and then it shows him. And they don't exactly explain what happened, but he blames Batwoman for creating this world that he's now in. Um, and because he's Tim Drake, he understands that he could change it if he goes back in time. So basically what happens is uh, Tim Drake kind of comes back. Um, he turns his communicator on. Batman rushes to go see where he's at. Um, he Tim Drake goes into a hospital and he collapses, and that's where Batman finds him. And then he's basically trying to tell everybody in the Bat team that um, we got to be careful because I'm coming back from the future as Batman, and I want to kill Batwoman. And everyone's kind of running around trying to prevent that. And uh, at the same time, he starts paying visits to people that he kind of wants to apologize to. Um, so Tim Drake Bats, who was saying they're calling him by a certain name? I, I like to call this version of uh, Batman Tim Bats. Tim Bats. So he goes to spoiler first, right? He freaks her out. Um, and he basically apologizes to her for something he did in the future. And then he goes to Alfred, which is pretty awesome. And he reveals himself to Alfred. And... Um, that's when the Robins show up and explain that they're going to try to take him down and stop him and send him back to where he came from. But what they don't know is that he's been training in simulations for 15 years on how to beat each Robin. So he's got the training in their, in their prime in their prime. So, yeah, man, it's just I can't explain how good Detective Comics has been. And this is just setting up something crazy that you can tell has like ripple effects that are going to scatter on later. Um, I'll tell you, I'll and, tell you uh, when the, the, the last page of it uh, definitely sets something up uh, that I don't think we've really seen uh, since pre 52 aside from Future's End. Yeah, so explain what that is exactly at the very end that um, it touches that Batman started creating it, but that Tim Drake perfected it. Yeah, Brother Eye oh. uh, is sort of. Uh, it's not. Mm, and what else was uh there's something else oh it's 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 not horribly unlike the alfreds in the uh murder, murder machine issue yeah it's sort of like that ai that was developed with the intent of sort of policing uh cities yeah they kind of have a similar they allude to a little bit of that in um kingdom come too right yeah yeah king, yes. yeah there's yeah, how, basically, we, uh, how Bruce had those big robots to, uh, yeah. to police the city. And Brother Eye, it also gives the, the kind of alludes to the fact that Batman can pretty much be everywhere and see everything, right? Kind of giving him this omnipotent kind of presence 
which is kind of scary, which is something he probably doesn't ever want or ever wanted and didn't intend to have. But Tim Drake obviously is off his rocker. And uh, that's something that we, you know, he's just, he's blasting fools, right? He's just, he's, he's murdering, like in the, in the second to last issue, uh, he shot anarchy in the face, right? And then he's got this gun now that he can put, you know, whatever into to destroy whoever he's fighting. And he basically kills Doomsday with it. Um, so this this Batman, Tim Drake, is not afraid to kill anybody. He's going to kill you if he needs to. And um, that's another reason why Tim Drake realizes, like, well, he's going to kill Batwoman because he blames her for everything. So we got to stop him. Just, yeah, man, it's setting up something bigger and setting up something that, uh, from what Tynan said, is going to last for a while. And Tim Drake's going to be at the, the center of it for a very long time. Story's awesome. The art looks awesome. <sighs> It's, we're just getting too much good stuff, man. It's basically what it comes down to. Yeah, yeah there, there's not much coming out uh, right now that isn't worth reading. I'm kind of interested to see who, who Connor is. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so he mentions in the last issue that um, he has to find some... Does he have to apologize to him? Or he's like some, he, some dude named... He basically, Tim Batts basically tells uh, Tim Drake that he should tell Connor and, and tell him uh, he's sorry. And so mm-hmm. Tim looks at him like kind of weird, like who's Connor? Yeah, and what? and then and then Tim Bats kind of looks at him like with a little grin. So I don't know. So then so then uh, Tim, when he's talking to Bruce, when they're basically waiting for Tim Bats to show up at the at the Belfry, he kind of tells Bruce about this Connor guy and how he doesn't really know who he's talking about, but he kind of had a feeling when he brought him up, like he he was kind of aware of who he was, but doesn't really know. So it's going to be interesting to see who that is. I, I like the concept of the Belfry, too. Um, Tim Drake designs like a, a watchtower in the center of Gotham to where Batman, Batwoman, Clayface, the rest of the team has a central position to kind of um, respond to whatever's happening in Gotham. Cassandra Kane? Yeah. Very AKA cool AKA the Gotham Knights? Yeah, it's what they call them. Call them so, well, it's what he calls them, right? Because uh, Batwoman just calls her. She just calls it the team. Mm-hmm. I kind of have a little, and it's it's cool to see how um, um, Batwing and Tim Drake kind of like hit it off and are talking about a bunch of specs and they're running over, you know, different designs and all that stuff. They're basically nerds talking about tech, which is kind of cool to see. Mm. But you know, I think we said it last time, but Tynan's found a way to make these characters kind of like really pop off each other really, really good. Mm. I never thought I'd care about Batwing. I'll be honest. <laughs> That's how you know a book's good is when you start caring about a character you never cared about before. I'll, I'll tell you one thing on this uh, page five, Mister uh, Martinez. You really drew uh, the paddles in the wrong position when they're uh, defibrillating Tim Drake in the hospital. <laughs> uh oh, well, we got our uh, pro in here. Exactly. <laughs> so defib- defibrillator panels are all off. They're 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 not in the right position. I'm I'm, I'm amazed. I'm I'm amazed that he came back to life. I'll shoot off an email. Now, <laughs> it's, it's a miracle. Can we get DC online one? Thanks. <laughs> All right, and then uh, rounding out some of the bad books uh, for this week was Nightwing, right? Yeah, the New Order. So. Uh, if you haven't been reading uh, The New Order yet, Nightwing New Order is written by Kyle Higgins. So he's done a lot of uh, Nightwing stuff over the years and knows the character pretty well. So this is... Uh, when the series started, this is going to be all spoiler if you haven't uh, read any of it yet. The series introduces us to Dick Grayson uh, 12 years in the future. And uh, so what we find out bit by bit has happened that... Uh, 
after Batman died, there was this just a, a crazy war between all the superheroes and the supervillains. It was just going on and on. And uh, the war was so big that it pulled uh, civilians into it, like military was fighting in it and just people were dying. Dick Grayson, uh, you know, as Nightwing, set off this weapon that removed superpowers from most superpowered beings. So like, the ones that survived it uh, just had just been stripped of their powers and just became regular regular people so any metahumans aliens things like that just uh i think it's like 98 percent of them it said uh, lost their powers and he ends up heading up this group that polices what's left of people who are left with powers and what they do is force them to take uh, inhibitors that keep their powers from manifesting and the idea of the whole thing is to uh, to make the world a safer place because no one has any superpowers. We get introduced also at the same point to uh, Dick Grayson's son. So Dick has a son, and we find out bit by bit that uh, the the son's mother is uh, Starfire. Ooh. So this was post the weapon oh, going off. Oh, oh. She lost her powers, and they had this child. Did Bruce uh, so write he, that? Uh, he did not, but uh, <laughs> he, he might have had uh, Batman getting some in there. <laughs> <laughs> so Dick has the son, and so coming in right up now into issue three, basically at this point, uh, Dick has learned that his son, from having uh, Starfire, Coriander's uh, genes, he has a superpower. And it's, they know it's, they're just learning that uh, he has this power. He's been hiding it as it started to manifest. And it's similar to his mother's abilities that she used to have, but they don't know how strong it will be. So as soon as Dick finds this out, he decides, okay, well, first thing tomorrow, I, I'm going to have to, you know, he's going to go to the agency and explain that he just found out his, his son has is super powered and they'll have to decide what to do with him, you know, treating him with the inhibitors or if, uh, if they can't, uh, some of the people, the inhibitors don't work on. So they have to put them into this stasis. And basically, no one that's been put into stasis has come back out yet. So he doesn't want his son to be put there. But there is this small group of superpowered people that still exist. And they're regulated by the government. They fight as a team to take care of any threats that do come up. So before Dick can even you know, get up the next day to, to go in and reveal what he found out about this agency that he runs pretty much, he's near the very top of, they invade his home with the intent of uh, taking in him and his son. Now, what has happened in the meantime is Alfred has come to stay with them. Uh, so Alfred lives outside Gotham at this point because Bruce is no longer around, so he's moved away. But he's back in town because... He still runs, uh, basically, you know, he's the, still the executor of Bruce Wayne's estate. So he was in town to, to sign some papers for a thing that uh, Wayne Enterprises was doing. And uh, he's staying in Dick's house. So Alfred has never agreed with Dick's uh, ideas, his thoughts on eliminating superpowers. So when these people come into the house and you know, they, 
they basically just blow a wall open and storm the house in the middle of the night. Uh, Alfred is standing up to these guys as Alfred always does. They're all armed and ready to kill him. And he's standing up to them with a baseball bat. <laughs> and Dick tells him, no, it's, it's okay. Stand down. We'll, we'll go with them. We'll go in peace. And Alfred says, no, this is the big spoiler from this issue. Alfred says, we got where we are from too many people standing down. And he attacks. Alfred is killed. Fuck. So then they take Dick and they take his son. You know, they tranquilize both of them and take them away. So they get separated. Uh, Dick gets uh, you know, basically put into interrogation to start being questioned on uh, what's happened. So basically the person, the only person in this agency who is above him is Catherine. Uh, it's Batwoman. Uh, so... When all the superpowers went away, all the heroes were gone, uh, everyone's identities were revealed, she went into working for the government just like just like her dad used to. So yeah, she she's overseeing, uh, she's the, the person that's above Dick in this uh, agency. She instructs for him to just be held until she gets there, you know, she's coming out to talk to him personally. But uh, this one guy decides to go in and, and start running his mouth to Dick, so Dick escapes, you know, whoops that guy's ass. And gets out of there, and his first thought is, well, I'm going to get out of here, and I'm going to figure out where they have my son, and I'm going to go find him and get him back. He uh, just escapes the compound, and he goes to get help to, to figure out where his son is. So he shows up at the house of just some normal-looking family, and we find out that it's the home of Tim Drake. So Tim is just living this, this normal life, has a family, because there are no more superheroes, so he, he's not Robin or anything. He helps him figure out where where his son is by you know, doing what Tim does, hacking into into this agency's database. So Dick goes off to to go after getting his son. On his way there, he is stopped by one of the superpower beings that remains that works for the government, and it's John Stewart, the Green Lantern. So uh, the issue ends with uh, a big battle between the two of them, and we're waiting for uh, for Dick to get to his son. Fuck, why am but, uh, I not so reading So far, this? it's, uh, yeah, right? <laughs> no, I just spoiled the first three issues for you. There's a lot still that I didn't mention, but it's really good. It's a, it's a, a really good story. The, the art's great. And just seeing these versions of all the characters. And for anyone that's uh, a Nightwing fan, a Dick Grayson fan, uh, he's the very head of this book. You know, there's no Batman, so he's not in the shadow of another character. This is, this is all about him. And he lives in a Gotham where Gotham celebrates him. You know, there, there's a, a giant statue of Nightwing in Gotham City because you know, he stopped this war and, and saved all these lives and put an end to superpowers. And so this is, this is a, a big book for, for any Dick Grayson fans. I bet you Colt is loving this shit. Oh, yeah. If he's <laughs> reading it, I, I'm sure he's loving it. Probably. Sounds like a crazy – it sounds like a, the plot to a nuts action movie. Yeah, like, uh, I, I, I didn't intend to, to go through that much of the story, but so much needed to be explained to, to get to where we are in issue three. No, it's good stuff. I'm definitely going to start picking that one up for sure. Reading along. But again, just uh, that's how much, you know, that's how much Rebirth has been just such like a pleasant, not surprise. I wouldn't say it's a surprise because, you know, um, they've had, DC's had these writers you know, putting out some good quality stuff. But I think what it just is, is just like we, I don't think we expected every book to be as good as it's been consistently for as long as it's been after kind of like 
you know, one event, right? Kind of not, it didn't restart anything. It just kind of like uh, reinvigorated rather. But I mean, like, you know, Superman is amazing. Actually, the books that we normally probably wouldn't have um, thought to that we would enjoy so much have been just, just, just crazy good. Right. I never, I never, I never started reading Superman until Rebirth. And now that I'm reading Superman and Action Comics, I can't stop. You know what I love about Action Comics and Superman is that I, I, when I was a kid, I started reading reading Superman books before I read Batman books, and this stuff reminds me of those stories. Um, a lot of times, well, I mean, Action Comics is written by Dan Jurgens, who was writing back then, so that's one reason. <laughs> Dan Jurgens, boy. Damn. So he's been but he's been Jurgens it a long time. Jurgens <laughs> <laughs> uh, it raw. Peter Tomasi and Patrick Gleason, though, man, like since. Um, the new fifty two of teaming up, they have just been also killing it. Everything they touch is good. I love everything they do. Dude, Gleason's um, Superman is amazing. So good. So yeah, good stuff all around. Um I wonder if he had any influence from uh um from uh Frank Quietly. Well, I'm sure. I would say kinda, so. Kinda 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 reminded me of his Superman. Yeah. It's pretty much it for the stack, right? I mean there's, there's a ton of other books. Yeah, we we could be on here for four hours talking about everything that comes out. Yeah, the only the only reason we don't cover everything is just because, like we said, there's just so much. And um, just to kind of touch a little bit of what came out this week. Oh man, did we skip Wonder Woman thirty three? Oh yeah, we did. <sighs> well, okay, just to Let's touch Wonder Woman, just to give you a little background on the Wonder Woman right now. Um, it's a little bit of a residual from, um. Dark Side War, as well as what's happening in Metal, in that um, at the end of Dark Side War, uh, Dark Side was destroyed, and uh, we see at the beginning of Metal that um, Batman has actually uh, found um, a reborn Dark Side, and Dark Side is essentially a baby, and um, Batman is you know he's got this Dark Side and he's running around with it, so Wonder Woman picks up now where a Grail uh, actually takes baby dark side and is protecting him and um obviously you know it's revealed now that dark side is back and dark side is in baby form um so there's these uh, team members that are coming in and trying to steal oh there we go there's what i thought was um they look like a bunch of um soldiers from uh halo coming in and jumping in attacking grail and literally there's panels of dark side in um like a playpen like there's Dark Dark Side is like chewing on, you know, the <laughs> on his playpen, like drooling over it. So Dark Side <laughs> is literally a baby, and it's hilarious and awesome at the same time. And um, Grail, you know, Grail has this baby Dark Side. She doesn't, you know, really know what to do. And so baby Dark Side is like kind of trying to talk, but he's a baby, so he can't talk. <laughs> so he's basically just like barking and yelping little like one words. So he's saying God, old God, hunger, hunger. And then so Grail realizes, oh, man, like you have to feed and grow back to your older self. I understand. So essentially what Grail's doing is she's taking Darkseid and they're just going around and killing Zeus's bastards. So Grail goes and just starts killing all these um, all these gods, you know, all these bastards from Zeus and and, you know, uh, siphoning their power and life essence into a mother box and then dark side is sucking on the mother box and he grows and he grows Holy so shit. yeah it is so awesome so this whole issue it just shows you know they go and they they defeat hercules they go and they defeat all these other gods and um 
I can't remember which event it was, but it was revealed that Diana um, Prince, Wonder Woman, has a brother, Jason. Very end of those. Uh, I think that was uh, Dark Side War, was it not? Okay. Yeah, I think it was, yeah. Yeah. So, so basically, um, now, like, it's basically, you know, they're, they're tracking down Jason now. And so it shows that uh, it basically alludes to the fact that Darkseid wants that life force, that life energy to kind of grow because he's growing little by little. So these half, you know, um, these half gods are giving him power, but not as much as he wants and needs in order to grow. uh, what if jason jason's gonna come into metal i know it i mean it's all what's so awesome about it is it's not a tie-in but it's all connected um grail's there baby dark side's there and they explain in one of the callbacks you know she says um she explains like what she had to do in order to get baby dark side back and it says read metal number two to see what happened right again this is just a wonder woman story that Wonder Woman was not in it once. She was, <laughs> she was, she was mentioned by name, but she does not appear. I think in one panel of the story, it's all yeah, great. Uh, it's funny. Uh, the, the art is great in this. It's uh, by Emanuela Lupicino, and uh, I met her at Fan Expo, and uh, she had done a panel where she was joking. Uh, I think this might be her first issue on Wonder Woman, and she was joking that you know she got to do Wonder Woman, and she's doing a Wonder Woman issue that doesn't contain Wonder Woman. Yeah, it's this one. And it, but the thing is, is, man, this this issue is worth it alone to see Baby Dark Side. Yeah, like and Baby- uh, I I like this like uh, whatever he looks like a, a thirteen year old Dark Side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he's he every every time he devours a a life source, it grows a little. But he and explains it. She, he's like, how do I look like now? And she's like, a little older, but you're not old enough. And it's like, it, it's just like a dark dark comedy almost. This book, and um. <laughs> I remember thinking when we were reading Metal, I was like, oh, my God, Baby Darkseid. Like, we, we need more Baby Darkseid. And sure enough, <laughs> this book is all Baby Darkseid. Got to grab t- one. I'll tell me. you what. Tom King needs to do a one-shot Baby Darkseid. <laughs> <laughs> he would make you care so much about that Baby Darkseid. <laughs> <laughs> He'd make you cry. He would make you cry about Baby Darkseid. He would, I'd he buy would... formula for that, baby. <laughs> I want to see him do a one shot of like baby dark side, like a day at like daycare and like he accidentally kills like one of his like playmates. And then he realizes like, Oh my God, I'm evil. You know, baby dark like, side and kite cool. man's son become friends. <laughs> well, there it is. That's uh, the stack. eh? it's a stack in commissioner Gordon's office. Slam that stack down. Yeah. You know what the trunk says? Rebirth. It's like McDonald's. I'm loving it. Plain and simple, boy. Uh, Plain and simple here, folks. Hey, Gotham dwellers. Make sure to stop everything right now and subscribe to Bat Force Radio. We can be found on iTunes and SoundCloud. Don't miss out. Guaranteed to satisfy all of your Batman and DC needs.